darkly splendid abodes. The official podcast of Toronto Thelema. Exploring, if you will, practical philosophy. From science and the workings of the mind, to spirituality, esotericism, and magic. Stooping down, dipping my wings, I came into the darkly splendid abodes. In our previous conversation, we focused on Achad's appendix to his book, QBL, which consisted of unedited diary notes. Part two of our discussion moves more heavily into chapter five of his Egyptian revival, where his Kabbalistic ideas ought to be worked out and implemented more clearly. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Okay. Buck 20 into this conversation, let's look at a piece of text we can actually talk about. Chapter 5 of The Egyptian Revival by Frater Achad, a.k.a. Charles Stanfeld Jones, is entitled The Mystery of Babylon and the Beast. Um, and we immediately have controversy. Uh, <laughs> the Beast or man of the sun, represents, as I understand it, the soul of humanity, or of man, between spirit and matter, ashamed of neither, since both are essential to his existence. Is that the substance of what it means to be the great beast? I think he's thinking of the aeon of Isis as being extremely bodily, the aeon of Osiris as being you know, obsessed with spirit and denial of the body. And so that what it means to be the beast is to be unashamed, you know, have melded body and spirit and be unashamed of both. But it it just seems so sort of superficial and neglecting so many elements of it. Interesting. Well, when we were talking about Liber Reguli, Mm -hmm. um, Crowley's commentary on the subject, he he goes into that poetic sort of... uh, I was about to say poetic rant. I don't mean to say rant, but it's <laughs> like he's going he's going off in this poetic direction and he does sort of end his thought with the idea that that beast that is both uh man and beast and and both are divine like that. Sure, yeah, but he's talking about being able to integrate the animal instincts mm-hmm. with with the higher consciousness. You yeah. know this uh um, uh, allowing Ruach to become a true mediator between uh, Nefesh and Neshima and, uh, and then even sometimes to be able to get out of the way so that the two great ladies can discuss things in private uh and and that you know we shouldn't be ashamed of things like our sex instinct or or um our baser drives so so that seems to me radical and dangerous idea but here here the way he expresses it is the relationship between body and spirit you know Sometimes I pee and that's okay, <laughs> you know, I, and, and sometimes I love God and, you know, that's not a betrayal of my political responsibilities, you know? <laughs> well, you know, you know this, is, this is the thing. I think um, it seems like he's definitely having conversations with Crowley and you can sense Crowley's uh, expression of these ideas through this. 
Um, but you're right. He does come off as... I, I've, I've always gotten the sense that Achad is a little bit Puritan. You know, where it's like there's no... I don't know if he refers to sex at any point, but it doesn't come off as like he's a... Um, you know, if you look at the way that he he channels Crowley's teachings, there's not really the sense that he's as open with his uh, himself, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. So he, there is that weird Puritanism going on there, it seems like. The way we would talk about it now, you know, body and spirit, at least, yeah, you know, you, people are so obsessed with gym culture, you <laughs> know, and that's body. And then uh, they also emphasize the importance of self-care, and that's feeding your spirit. Hmm. And so, like, you know, make sure you're jogging every day. Uh, Don't forget your deadlifts. And then take a nap in the afternoon. You know, bubble (laughs) baths are also important. So maybe I'm, I'm coloring this through my the lens of modernity too much but it mm. just sounds so offensively like the way tiktok handles this problem <laughs> that i don't want to say that it's like you know the that this is what it means to be the great beast well the other thing is he's he's constantly he only seems to function in terms of correspondences you know mm-hmm. it's like well this adds to this and this relates to that uh and it doesn't sort of yeah it doesn't seem like it's hitting something truer and and realer he elaborates on this, the substance of the sun. And so here's, this is helpful because this is why I wanted to do this, because this actually explains uh, a philosophy that's derived from his tree of life. Uh, so mm-hmm. usually, uh, usually the path from Bina to Tefereth is, is represented by the lover's card, uh, which has the association of Zion. Uh, the path from Kether to Tefereth is the high priestess, which has the association of Gimel, and the path from Hukmah to Tefereth is the emperor, which has the association of He. Uh, sometimes that's going to be the star. That's Crowley's change, In so Crowley's that won't really change. happen with Achad's changes. But then here, Achad is explaining uh, maybe part of, 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 of what turning those associations upside down means in his new system. It says, The substance of the sun descends upon Tefereth from Bina through the path of the devil, which I actually don't hate. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's uh There's that's some elegance okay. to a lot of his, yeah. Yeah, and come out of this. Uh, life is transmitted from Chokmah through the path of the sun. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be important later on how the sun is the false father. Hokma, you know, if you can think of uh, Hokma is like uh, the the top of the masculine pillar, you know, mm. of the tree of life, and so that's that's okay. And the idea of of light radiating down from the supernal triad, you know, is not too bad. And then it uh, exists as a spiritual idea through the channel of Shin, which descends from Kether. And this is what we were talking about in the, uh, the last paper with the sort of scintillating fire, the, mm-hmm. both fire and spirit, the path of Shin coming down directly from Kether, the, the number one, the, the, you know, supernal, the, the supernal of the supernal, the source of the source coming down directly from Tefereth. So the attributes of the sun then, Tefereth, are, you know, the the devil, you know, the um, the great initiator, also the great def- deceiver, the card of, of mysteries, and uh, from Bina, the sun, the light of the sun, and then Shin, the primal fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says here, 
Kether is the final and efficient cause. Chokmah is the formal cause. And Bina is the material cause. Now, did you look up the four Aristotelian causes? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, so then you don't, you, I won't have anyone to correct me if I'm wrong. So this is awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, let me be permitted a tangent. <laughs> so there's an illustration. So uh, let's say it's snowing. And uh, I have a five-year-old, which is true, I do. So I grab a shovel and I go into the backyard and I pile up a big mound of snow and I mash down one side and maybe I pour some water over it and make it nice and smooth. And then my son, he doesn't even need a toboggan. He can just put on a snowsuit and go out there and climb the mountain and whiz down the, mm -hmm. the chute. Um, so we might say that I made a slide in the backyard for my son. And so what are the causes of it being a slide? Well, I made it, so I have caused it to be a slide. Also, it's, it's nice compacted snow uh, in the right shape, you know, organized correctly. So there's that material that goes into building it. That's, uh, uh, so it wouldn't be a slide if it weren't made of a material that were appropriate for making slides. It can be used as a slide. You know, my son goes up it and he comes down. So in a way, it's the activity that causes it to be a slide. If I put the same structure somewhere else, it might be a roadblock or, a, or you know, a, a, a stool or something, a makeshift stool or a ladder for getting up on the roof. Um, so it's caused to be a slide because it's used as a slide. And then also the motivator was I wanted my son to have a nice afternoon. I like making children happy. Darren, come on. I'm, <laughs> what are we doing here? I know what you think of me, but I enjoy, I like making children happy. So the, the cause, another way you can describe the cause is that it was, it was caused by a, uh, um, you like to say tautology. It was caused by a goal of, of bringing joy to, to or, children. Yeah. So uh, the final cause is the goal it's a slide because it brings joy that's the final cause the efficient cause is the maker that's me i caused it to be a slide the material cause is the substance the snow caused it to be a slide and the formal cause is the fact that it can be used as a slide so it has the form it expresses the form of slide through use so uh, um, so let's see if we can make anything of that. Hmm. Kether is the final uh, and efficient cause of Tefereth, and that comes through the path of Shin. So the, the scintillating fire, the spirit, this is both the goal of creating life, you know, but also the, the creator of life both you know the this this fire is the end result and the maker and that's expressed from kether through the path of shin hokma is the formal cause so um hokma is what is is the is the shape of of life you know the activity of uh, uh of all the things that life does and that's expressed from hokma through um so like motion uh, through, to through the matter. sun and bina is the material cause so all of the substance uh so the 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 sun is life expressing life and the devil is the material 
with which life is expressed and then everything else is fire both the maker and <laughs> the maker and the and the 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 goal are are the fire through through shin Kef so that's how the supernal triad breathes existence down out of the abyss i think that's as far as i wanted to go with that <laughs> quotation i like the fact that the devil card uh often will have the devil holding his hand up with uh uh, Saturn symbol mm. on the hand pointing up to Saturn in this case, mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. Yeah, because uh, Saturn is the, um, I can never remember whether it's the ruler or the ruled. I get the dignities mixed up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, has has um, Capricorn, the devil is Capricorn, and the, mm -hmm. uh, it has a dignity in... in yeah, is it exalted? Is it exalted? It's exalted in... Or I feel sorry. like Mars is, uh, rules. Saturn is exalted in Capricorn. So, uh, oh, and here, Path of the Hangman. Why did I want to read this? <laughs> I think I was what I was doing was just picking out every passage that had to do with the placement of a of a tarot card on the tree, mm -hmm. so that we we could get the maximum amount of um, uh, of interpretation out of it. So let's let's do some of it. Let us consider the path of the hanged man, sometimes called the Redeemer. Exoterically, this tarot key is said to signify enforced and not voluntary suffering, while esoterically it means self-sacrifice, but not as usually understood. Atom, or Adam, as the first purely human type or soul, is said to have been too sexed until he became Adam and Eve. Tefereth is the true son, but the false father. And, you know, this is not a disaster, even though it seems a bit weird. The, uh, the first people who were the creation of the, who created the universe in the Proto-Indo-European myth, Manu and Yimu, the twin, Yimu, who was killed to create, and his body used to create all of the cosmos, is sometimes said to be androgyne. Mm. So the idea that... Um, not the first man as in this case, but at least the second man or the twin of man was androgyne. It's not a disaster for Achad to think this. Uh, and when the representative son at this stage became mistaken for the father, many women followed him seeking redemption. Thus, the embarrassing situation of enforced, not voluntary suffering might be supposed to have arisen. And it's it's difficult to know what he's going on about here until later, this idea that um, the uh, the son is the false father, but what he means is that the son is is um, it it looks like it's sort of a, a sort of a father orbiting our sky, you know, bringing you know protecting us and feeding us and doing the things that a father should do but really it's the center only of our solar system and that there's a great cosmos beyond and he's going to say that the solar god the, the the father of life is not really the sun that there's more going on there that'll happen later in the chapter yeah it's kind of a fun concept too because when you're below tifereth you're blinded by tifereth and uh you can also make the uh correspondence with the ego as well being that uh you know the good good tool but a bad master <laughs> yeah here he says the physical sun is just 
as impotent to fertilize the whole universe, although he may be entirely capable of attending to his own solar system. He is all right in his place in the order of the universe. Only when we misunderstand his place do we fall into error. The same trouble might arise in the case of a man who preached a doctrine of promiscuous sexual intercourse to a following of women. Even were he a regular lion, he would be unable to supply the needs of an unlimited number and therefore be liable to attempt to retract his teaching. I don't understand this at all. (laughs) Then he has a footnote. I don't know if that elucidates anything. I knew a similar case in recent years. The man was a weakling sexually and preached a doctrine of repression to his regular followers while paying attention to one or two. All went well till the other women followers, who had repressed themselves to the point of serious neurosis, found him out and he had to leave that part of the world. So he's trying to diagnose a real problem. I mean, um, there's uh, the history of the United States, you know, especially in the 20th century, but going back to, you know, uh, colonial times and everything. Uh, there's there's the, the new religions, you know, a study of new religious movements will uh, uncover lots of stories about polygamy and about uh, leaders who sort of outlawed sex in their communities and made themselves the sexual center of the community, you know, all your wives are only mine, or you know, uh, or 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 I will re- arrange marriages between the members of the group and stuff. So this is a real thing that's happening. I just don't understand his ex- his his explanation of of I don't understand his diagnosis. Yeah, I think again, it's just the uh, idea that the sun. Uh, is potent within its own sphere of influence, but when it extends beyond that, it loses its potency. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, here he's saying, preached a doctrine of repression while paying attention to one or two. I guess paying attention means sleeping with. Um, and then, like, because he was being promiscuous while other people had to be celibate, that um, he had to leave the country because they they weren't satisfied. rebelled against they re- <laughs> they rebelled against his hypocrisy. They thought he was like maybe a bad a bad leader. He couldn't keep control over this ever growing flock of yeah. Uh, Once they found out that he wasn't he wasn't practicing what he preached, the whole thing fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, but this is why the son is a false father. I'm a little bit confused by this. We may now consider Malkuth, the fallen daughter, who, according to the Kabbalah, in order to be redeemed, must unite with the son, be raised to the throne of the mother, reawaken the father, so that all things are reabsorbed into the crown. This process has been much misunderstood. It has been thought to imply a return to the crown. So he's annoyed by the idea of a path of return, that we're in creation and that by by doing Kabbalah, we somehow, uh, you know, return to source or something. The mystics have all wanted to be reabsorbed into the absolute. The magicians, on the other hand, have tended to keep going on in an attempt to usurp the throne of God, which rightfully belongs to the mother. Both meet with a terrible abyss while working the old methods. Uh, so here, this is relevant to the thread we've been pulling uh, with mm-hmm. the cod from the beginning about this 
question of his dubious crossing of the abyss. He says, both met both mystics and magicians, met with a terrible abyss while working the old methods. The magician tried to travel up the tree until he came to Chesed as an exempt adept who had built up a wonderful system of knowledge only to find that the whole structure must be broken in pieces in the abyss if he had hoped to sustain the true understanding and wisdom. Few passed this ordeal. I bet he did. <laughs> this is uh, um, this is just an explanation of what happens, right? In the Thelemic system, this is this. He's absolutely correct. This is what goes on, and um, and this is the first time in history we've had a systemized method uh, of of getting people across the abyss. I mean, I've spoken before in the old uh, in the old conception. Uh, or in the old system, the way to do this was martyrdom. Uh, you know, you you um, uh, just tortured people and eradicated their minds <laughs> by, by that way, and then they died in a, in in oblivion and became saints by being remembered for their sacrifice for the faith or something like this. So now because of um because of the AA and the 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 rigorous work that Crowley did incorporating yoga and magic into a, a structured school, the the nice thing about living in the aeon of of Horus is that we now have a system whereby we can do this without killing ourselves or submitting to Instead submitting to prolonged tortures. Else. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen everything else? It's fine. <laughs> um it won't be missed. Uh, and the fact that few people passed the ordeal is not a critique. The, Crowley thought the baseline in the new aeon would be the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, and most people haven't even got that far. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 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 yeah, the, this, um, uh, he's, basically he's right, and what sounds like a criticism is just a description. Uh, mystics, on the other hand, being of the negative type, opened their minds and souls to the light and often mistook false lights for true ones, having a very limited basis of experience as to the foundation of their pyramid. The apex was proportionately low. Um, he means that because uh, mystics tend to be renunciants, they tend to, you know, not do things, um, they don't have, uh, as we talked about in... I think it was Lieber 150, where we talked about incorporating lots of different ideas, both dangerous and positive, and understanding our relationship with a variety of things. Mystics don't usually do this. Mystics go into re renunciation mm -hmm. and try to make themselves smaller and smaller yeah, and smaller. Yeah, ideas. And so because um, Crowley's seeing these guys as... Uh, sorry, not Crowley, because Jones is seeing these guys as, uh, as, as uh, aesthetics... He's saying that they they don't have enough of a of a personhood to really be in relationship with a very big god, and mm -hmm. that their um, that their abyss experience is too small by proportion because they don't have they don't have as much to sacrifice as the magicians, and so they come up against this small light, and the dawning of consciousness, Diana, tends to come to such a shock of uh, that most of these mystics lost their balance for a time. If not for the remainder of their incarnation, they went. If they went further, they were literally flooded with the dark forces of the abyss. Some of these truly solved the devil and believed him, and preached his existence to their followers. They certainly never saw God. Many of these people lived very holy and chaste life according to the standards of their time before reaching this stage. 
Afterward, the ignorant believed in them as men of good reputation and were ever content to believe without further desire for actual experience. So we find a line of theorists arose under the guidance of partially deluded people who feared to go further and so taught a doctrine of fear, which is the forerunner of failure. Accounting, in some cases, for blind faith in substitutes, reflections, vicarious atonements, and anything else but the necessity of working out their own salvation. So I, I think this is pretty incisive, frankly. You know, this is a, an excellent diagnosis of a problem of prematurely becoming overly, you know, uh, invested in your in your own attainments you know working mm -hmm. hard especially for a, a renunciant who's got nothing else in their lives except you know the monastery you know work sleep pray work sleep pray work sleep pray not even eat you know one meal a day that uh that that they they're so invested in 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 outcome that they mm -hmm. may may be tending to over interpret the results uh so he's right about the thelemic process uh, it sounds like a criticism it's just a description and then he's right about the the dangers of mysticism too uh crowley writes articles on the dangers of mysticism and and uh, Had, i think is being just as incisive here yeah it's it's an interesting pairing having the devil and and the sun card uh, in these positions leading up to Bina and, and Chokmah, particularly with the devil card being sort of how you're seeing the path forward from the position of Tifereth in this case. Um, because it's very, uh, I've heard one doctrine, I think it's related to the BOTA deck, uh, the idea that if you were able to see the complete opposite side of the devil card, you would be looking at God, essentially. Mm which is kind of an interesting meditation. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot there that we need to talk about at some point. Um, this relationship between, uh, between Christ and, uh, and the devil and, and what that means, uh, we're going to, at some point, probably it will take us another year to get around to it, pull a whole thread on Gnosticism, Mm -hmm. uh, and talk about whether or not, you know, wh how is the Ecclesiastica Gnostica Catholica, how is that actually Gnostic? Mm -hmm. And so we'll read some Gnostic texts and also some Gnostic texts that have been discovered since Crowley's death. We'll read the ones he had access to, and then we'll read some stuff that Theodore Royce published around the mm -hmm. around the around the founding of the the this sort of OTOEGC stuff and we'll see what it mean means to be a, a Christian Gnostic or, or a, they call themselves a Sethians I think mm -hmm. Valentinians I'm not as interested in but Sethians mm -hmm. in the early period and if there's a relationship between that and and what's uh, going on with the the OTO and, and Thelema and to what degree we actually are Gnostics. Yeah, that would be really interesting to delve into. And yeah. uh, and this stuff about the relationship of Christ and the devil is really good because the serpent in the Garden of Eden in the Jewish conception is just a serpent. In the revelation to John the Divine, the dragon that falls from the sky is that old snake who is called Satan and who is, you know, that old snake. So reference to the garden, to the garden of Eden story. But then for, uh, Gnostics, the, 
snake kind of has the function of tricking the creator into breathing life into autumn and giving him a divine soul so that the 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 snake is actually is actually the earliest incarnation of Jesus trying to mm-hmm. save the or maybe Sophia or something like yeah, this. Yeah, there's a numerical uh, equivalence between the Hebrew word for snake and the Hebrew word for Messiah. Yeah, this sounds right to me. So, uh there's something to be worked on here. And and so that's why it's it's really cool that the one of the reasons it's cool that the devil card for Echad is the way is is the material grounding from mm. with the the material cause of existence that the that all all the physical substance of existence is this um mm. is is this devil who you know tricked um Yaldabaoth into giving man a soul yeah th- there's um that balance as well between the two cards, depending on which pack you're looking at. But um, I think he was mostly focused on the Rider weight pack uh, with the um, uh, the Devil card would have the two two people, the man and the woman at the bottom, in chains, but they were like self-enchained. Yeah, the 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 chains hang really low, all the, almost down yeah. to the down to the xiphoid, mm-hmm. uh, so they could just. Uh, pop them off at any to. time if they chose to. <laughs> and then on the other side with the sun, you've got the two two children running free. So a nice balance. But then you have the hill in the background with the wall still showing some kind of form of restriction. Oh, yeah. They're outside the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Free outside the garden. <laughs> that matters. Uh here, so here's this question of why the son is the, the false father. But the son, although father of this planet, is but the son of the great mother, the star universe. Where then is the true father? This is the question that puzzled the old Sut Typhonians in the earliest times. <laughs> yeah, this is an uh, etymology that he's <laughs> working with here. Uh, I ne- I could not figure out what Sut was. I figured I, I figured out all that stuff about Typhonian that you were talking earlier. What's yeah, Sut? Yeah, I think it's a convenient uh, etymology that will serve whatever purpose that it was that that writer was trying to serve. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then, like you, I, I you, I think uh, that was another one that was like serving that uh, you know it became Joseph and or Eo became oh, Joseph and all this sort of thing. So it, yeah, I think there's a lot of convenience involved. So I didn't really uh, dig too deeply beyond. Checking up on that writer who also, there's not a lot written about him in modern sources, but they do seem to think like, yeah, it sounds like a quack. <laughs> it doesn't sound like, it sounds like nonsense. Uh, infinitely great is Nuit, the continuous matter, mother of the stars, and infinitely small is an unextended point is Hadith, the inmost essential self of all, the flame that burns in every heart of man and in the core of every star. Both these are invisible to our senses and mind. Since these are infinite, the center is everywhere and the circumference is nowhere. Even the point in space is equally the center of the whole, there being no limit. The true father is invisible, but the center of all. Men called him Father Time, but he is Father Now. So again, this thing about Father Time is uh, is an early attempt. Not correct. We now the mm-hmm. um, the Proto Indo European Father God is is the Sky Father, and in all the pantheons that descend from that, there's a Sky Father who's in charge of everything. Um, 
but uh um father time is uh is he's thinking of it as being saturn you know chronos mm. the 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 titan but he said the but he says here the long lost father is hadit and instead from that little blunder mistaking father time for the sky father um this is beautifully crafted mm. right like he's a the i was a little bit um confused about why he was saying the son was the false father but uh, and I, I may continue to dislike that language, but the idea that the, the son is the father of the solar system, but the space is bigger than that, and this true father is this polemic principle, it's just lovely, very well argued and, and, and beautiful. Yeah, and I like the, the, the idea that it's not time, it's now. Mm-hmm. I remember having made a, a meditation for Hadith consciousness that was very much related to that idea of like now kind of consciousness. When you were leading those meditations, the uh, uh, this might be the one you're talking about. The one that stands out most in my mind is where you were having us observe a landscape that went, you know, went all the way to the horizon um, and then realized that we were sort of like seeing an infinite field and then behind us was um, was darkness, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't see bit. So even though, you know, it, it's sort of the difference between a, a, a ray and a line or something like that, that you can have an infinite thing that starts at one point and goes. Mm. Um, and I, I, the reason I remember it is because um, it's, it's obvious that we're facing the past. You know, you think mm. of people walking, they walk forward. You, yeah. you know, they go to where they're, they, they go to where they want, they want to be, or sometimes they get lost and don't end up where they want to be. But looking forward should mean, going forward but your your little twist that the that the darkness is the future and what we can see is all the past i mean i thought that was that was obviously Hmm. just true and i the um uh the switching from literal interpretation to to see your metaphor was quite profound in the moment cool Uh, yeah he's bringing up quite a bit he uh throughout this chapter he's using the term on as a pun incidentally Mm -hmm. as well uh so anytime that happens to come up i don't know that it came up just now uh but he's always using that as a pun here um for the word on on which is uh one of the names for a, a city of the sun in egypt in the bible so he's using that here because of the fact that you have with the devil card and he has death he has death placed across the uh, uh, between Bina. Uh, where is it? No, it's between Gevara and Chesed. So the Devil card is cutting across that death card. That's right. And so the death card is Nun, mm-hmm. and so it makes the N sound, the N consonant N, and so Ayin. Uh, which is transliterated to English using an O. It's not the best way to express that sound. But the if we've already said the, the devil card, the ion, goes from Tifereth to uh, Bina and in this way crosses the path of Nun. So he mm-hmm. gets O-N, on at that point, a little bit up and to the left of Tifereth. Yeah. And then he gets um, Sun uh, Rish, uh and he gets something like or 
going yeah. up the other way, which I don't know what he means by that, but he calls it the path of the setting sun. Mm, yeah. And so people people who are not afraid to evolve go up the path of the devil, and people who are afraid to go evolve go up the path of the setting sun. But both cross the abyss in his conception and end up reconciling uh, in the reciprocal path that goes from... Uh, yeah, has, or sorry, Chokmah to Bina. Yeah. And I think he attributes it to the star. This, yeah, that sounds right. And he right. calls that the sun at noon, which seems counterintuitive being well, the star. Because, well, so he, that's the thing is he's going to, that's why he calls the sun the setting sun. And um, he'll have a thing. I had marked it out, but it was going to be snarky, so I didn't read it. Because <laughs> uh, at one point he says Zadi is not the star. This is in the appendix to mm. QBL. Zadi is not the star. He said that means Zadi is, and the thing that it is is not or low uh which equals 31 so he says daddy is not we don't need to change the attribution of the cards the way crowley thinks we do because zadi is not the star <laughs> so that that card the attribution of that card is 31 um and then later on he says um something about uh he says well if zadi is not the star maybe zadi is the sun yeah. Uh, so, con and he admits that he's contradicting himself. Like it's not. It's, it's, it's another not, one of those changes. It's not a gotcha moment. Yeah. But uh, um, but he does. He still doesn't want to change the attributions of the cards. Uh, so you still put the star there, but you imagine that you know every star is its own is yeah. the sun of its own solar so it's system. Recognizing the sun as a star so rather the, than yeah. simply. So when the star is in the sky, it's a star. Mm -hmm. And so this, that's why it's the sun at noon, and then yeah. that make, and then because the sun's over there, from the 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 car, the resh path is over there from Tiferet the Chokmah. I don't know how he explains that, but that that makes it the setting sun for him. Mm. Now back to that uh, using on as a constant pun, like mm -hmm. for those who go on, uh, I was finding it kind of annoying when I was reading it because it just seemed a little bit much. But uh, there is a nice tie into what you were talking about with his description of Hadith mm. here, because Hadith is it is I that go. His office is motion and going. Mm. So uh, um, that's kind of a nice little touch as well, thinking of it as going on. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Now, here's here's the sort of what he means to get at here. And so I'm going to read uh, quite a good hunk, and then I'm going to be snarky. So <laughs> strap in. We both love and we hate. <laughs> uh Men and women of this planet may think of the secret father as the sun till they draw the sun within the heart and look at things from his viewpoint. This is the balanced and harmonious conception of the great beast, which is man. Then we realize the whole solar system revolves around its central sun and so on to infinity. There is no limit to the expansion of consciousness in the here and now. This is important. There is no limit to the expansion of consciousness in the here and now. For Hadith, the true father, is now in each one of us, veiled by the light of the sun or our being, his manifestation, his manifest sun of light. Truly, the kingdom of heaven is within us. It will never be found outside amid the illusions of space and time. Those who have sought the kingdom of heaven within have rejoiced therein. 
but this is an experience each must attain for himself by work. Let us then return to the general discussion of the subject. We have said that Malkuth was mistaken for the planet Earth, which she only is in a narrow sense. If united with the sun, or sun, S-O-N or S-U-N, she begins to view the universe from his standpoint. Around her revolve the planets of the solar system, of which the Earth is one of the smallest. But it is said that she must be raised to the throne of the mother from which she fell. She must be understood as the original substance or the pre-elemental matter. Also, her throne is the sphere of Saturn, the outmost of the then-known planets. On reaching the solar consciousness, she must not imagine that she has arrived at the goal. This is the mistake made by those who are obsessed by the results of Diana, the earliest illumination. She must expand to the rim of the wheel, the orbit of Saturn. The force of the spirit within her, the sun of her womb, will cause her to do this. And from this viewpoint of the orbit of Saturn, she will gaze at the great zodiac, the stars of the universe of Chokmah. She will seek to absorb this as the father, her true mate, and in doing so will expand infinitely as Nuit, the Ayan, finding Kether, the true father of her being, or Hadith, at her center, made visible by the extended light of the Ayon Sof Or, which is Rahurquit, the lord of the Aeon. Having been assumed into heaven, her effort will be to contract upon the center and bring forth the child. But she is virgin, and the child is not born but ever coming, and the force and fire of the universe expands within her, and thus we may conceive of the two infinities multiplied in the crowned child. And so, look, so he's already said that he thinks the usual methods for crossing the abyss are inappropriate, uh, that the way Crowley prescribed is too hard, and that you shouldn't have to throw out all the work you've done to get to your, through your adepthood, and that the mystics are, are, um, are, are too simplistic. You can't cross the abyss by just denying that you have a consciousness because you obviously have a consciousness. So this is his alternative proposal, is that once you uh, attain knowledge and conversation of your holy guardian angel, you use that to expand and just unite with Saturn through meditation and then and that gets you across the abyss and then you use that to expand and unite you know he keeps he's trying to uh propose a solution whereby we absorb more and more of the universe uh fulfilling our duty according to Crowley's paper mm -hmm. uh, of expanding ever the domain of our consciousness except that the caution given in magic without tears uh, and and other places is that the man who takes the oath of the abyss has to be ready to um, dis let all dissolve into the cup of Babylon and hold not back but one drop of blood, which you know, which means you're losing all self consciousness, right? You have to let the words of the demon sea kind of wash over you, remain and stay in that place of silence until until you you defeat the demon sea and he no longer sends those projections to you and then you settle into this kind of terrifying place of non-existence right mm. you you you've destroyed yourself you've dissolved into the cup of babylon and that's the state of being a master of the temple like you like that's that's why it's called an abyss because mm -hmm. when you get to that mental state you don't exist um and 
even if you don't think it's a metaphysical truth, it's verifiable by epistemology because you don't know where your ideas come from. <laughs> they come from this subtle, mysterious place. Um, and so Achad's alternative method, you know, may be useful and interesting and it might work uh, to uh, to achieve some sort of spiritual sensation but it's necessarily a left-hand method because you don't give up yourself into into god right mm -hmm. even by the modern conception of left-handed you know the expansion of the ego consciousness and so it, it 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 agrees with what the luciferians think of you know the, the left-hand path of exalting the personal ego and being stronger and you know you know never circumscribing the infinite universe, uh, but it also agrees with Crowley's conception of the left-hand path because you don't give up your fundamental Id identity. You know, mm. you don't, you you uh, you remain fraterichad. You don't really, mm -hmm. uh, you don't really become IAO v VIO, uh, and you don't you don't have a garden to tend. Your job is just to keep ever expanding yourself. So I don't know. I, I said that, uh, I found it dubious that he crossed the abyss in one day, leaving no record. And that the record that he did leave, which was appropriate, maybe for Chokma was, there was no silence in it, you know, and that, uh, that it seemed like frantic writing. So I don't know. My, my snark is just to say, I really think Ahad is, uh, by every definition, a black brother of the left-hand path, <laughs> and we'll we'll state again this like, like there's a reason why the Grant people think this is so interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So th that being said, um, there is stuff of value that came out of this thing. So it's an interesting um, case study. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably about as unique a case study as we'll experience, just by virtue of the fact that. I do think he was sort of the child of the prophet that was foreseen and uh, he did find the key of the book of the law and this sort of thing. And these things are important. These things are useful information, you mm -hmm. know, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean like it's not all one thing. Yeah, no. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't mean to say he's unworthy of study. Um, in fact, if we actually have... Uh, a, a real magical record of like of of you know because that's what people say you know if you're on it's like if, if someone pisses if pisses you off online in a thalamic community you know or like <laughs> someone appears to be a, a social deviant it's like it's easy to write them off as a as or at least it was at one time I don't know but still <laughs> people do it's easy to write them off as a br black brother or a left hand or whatever and many thalamites will self-identify and say that thalema is a left hand path because it's up to a certain point it is about ego exaltation but the way Crowley talks about it is you have to be a very very advanced adept before you can be on the left hand path you know <laughs> before you can fall into to auth this is a great mistake he makes he says uh, the bride the malkuth needs to be restored to her proper place her proper place is doth she's the fallen doth he says she belongs in binah so he and, and this is a mistake the, the grant people make too saying that Haranzan and babylon are like interchangeable ideas you know, they're serving similar functions, but until you get up there and, you know, you cross the way Crowley did, or you, you do some serious meditation work, it's difficult to understand that, like, you know, one is an opponent distracting you 
with uh, with useless ideas, and the other is both creating the world and inviting you to obliterate yourself. You know, in in sexual ecstasy, mm-hmm. um, they sort of reside in a similar place geographically, like seas in the abyss and Babylon's and Bina and those. You know, if you draw out a tree of life, those look like they're close to each other, uh, but they're not the same figure. And like romanticizing Karanzan the way he does uh, by saying like, oh, the 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 restored Malkuth is Bina is like such a profound and interesting mistake for this interpretation. Well, that's um, that brings up an interesting subject that would be good to look into at some point as well, if we could find the right way to approach it, which is this conception, which um, is very Krollian, of um, the Tetragrammaton mm-hmm. and the way that we have the father, mother, son, and daughter. Um, so the whole idea being, because my understanding of this conception is to the son places the daughter on the throne of the mother and uh, to consummate with the father. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird incestuous sounding thing, but it's (laughs) with that in mind, it does sound like putting it that way. It does sound like the daughter is being placed by the son. And if we place the son as Tifereth, the raising Malkuth, the daughter to the throne of the mother in Bina, that sounds appropriate to that formula. Yeah, sure. And so we should look at that more carefully. Um, uh, if there is a discrepancy there, then it's worth looking into and, and getting clear on that because yeah. that's an easy discrepancy to make. Um, and there might be a way in which people are playing uh, uh, sort of fast and loose with these symbols. You know, in one when you're building one metaphor, the picture looks like this. When you're building another metaphor, yeah. the picture looks like this. But uh, in this case, when he's talking about the crossing of the abyss, which is, you know, usually I haven't seen anyone talk about Malkuth in that context at all. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the well, babe of the abyss. He was cast back out into, <laughs> into one Malkuth. equals 10. So. Yeah. Well, that's what Crowley says. He doesn't think of it like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a, it would be a worthy thing to review some of these uh Rather than just doing straight gematria all the time, re- review some of these Kabbalistic um, metaphysical conceptions and yeah. see, see what is and what isn't. Yeah, like getting clear on what constitutes the left-hand path and the idea of a black brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think these things are great to discuss because of the fact that I I don't know what, you know, I, the internet's not the best place. There's all kinds of information out there. It's like basically like yeah. <laughs> an abyss experience in itself. No, I'm very clear on this because I've done talks on it before and the place to go is magic without tears. There's letters, Crowley mm-hmm. writes, where he spells this out very, very specifically. Uh, and it's very good to get specific about this and the, rather than running fast and loose. Both, both the uh, the the black the black and white brotherhood, the left hand path versus the right hand path, but also of the black, white, and yellow schools of magic, mm-hmm. which are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just because Buddhists are practicing a black school of magic doesn't mean they're evil, and doesn't mean they're black brothers of the left hand path. The word black mean can mean more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it, it is worth to kind of kind of hammer down these concepts because they're not they're not uh, fundamental for 
a you know a brand new person coming into practice but there's a there's a, a lore and a language about the way we talk about these things. That, yeah, that and you matters. don't want to just sort of, you know, make your own definitions of mm-hmm. these things and run with that because then you're not speaking the same language anymore. Uh, let's read the end of this chapter just to kind of uh, wind out. So we may learn through the expansion of our consciousness to the conception of Babylon and the beast to pass on to the greater conception of Nuit and Hadith and obtain our heritage of cosmic consciousness as the crowned children of the new aeon. This was prophesied by the beast himself, who made it his life's work to teach, first to obtain the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, the higher self into Fereth, and the kingdom of God in the heart, and all things shall be added unto you. Is it not written in the Kabbalah, Kether is in Malkuth and Malkuth is in Kether, but after another manner? This statement has been misunderstood owing to the limitations of our minds. Malkuth is Nuit, and Kether is Hadith, and when united, Rahurakwit, their son, is in Tefereth, and also Nuit has said, My number is eleven, as are all the numbers who are of us. Kether is one, Malkuth is ten, together eleven, which is the lost sphere of Daath, the child of Chokmah and Binah. And this is the mystery of the path of Aquarius, the star, the eleventh sign of the zodiac brought to earth at the eleventh hour before time has swallowed the last of his children, which shall be as the first in the kingdom of the here and now. Yeah, I want to clear. I want to clarify that if we're doing Thelema, you know, and we're taking the oath of the abyss and trying to cross the abyss, like if that's what we're doing to, to claim that we're masters of the temple, um, then sealing up a dr- sealing up even one drop of the blood in the body, trying to remove your name or your wife's name or the city where you were born is going to destroy that process. Mm-hmm. If that's not what you're doing, if you're a Luciferian <laughs> or, you know, one of the Typhonian OTO people or somebody else that I seem like I'm, maybe seem like I'm sort of hand-waving in this, I'm only hand-waving it because that's not the Lima and that's not what we, what we do in the AA when we're trying to cross the abyss. There may be valid attainments there. There may be valid attainments doing what Akkad describes here. In fact, there are Crowley Liebers where he spells out processes exactly what, <laughs> what Akkad describes here. It's just not what it means to be a master of the temple. And so if you're claiming that you've crossed the abyss and you've done this, that's not it. Hmm. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I guess we've managed to cover all of the material that we're hoping to cover. Um, now that all, all that lies for us here is to figure out how the fuck do we end it. And uh, <laughs> I feel like that's what he was running into, to be honest with you, the way that he's describing this. He's trying to make it, he's trying to follow it out to the end of its course and make it as poetic as possible. And I think he's kind of getting somewhere, but not really. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like you would do if you were hypnotized by the name of the fist. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just give me a moment and, and I'm sure the voices will start coming through 
through again. <laughs> I think I don't think it's the Demon of the Abyss. I think it's two and a half hours on mic. <laughs> I think you're probably okay. Uh, Darren, this was great. Thank you very much. Thank you once again, Michael, and we'll have to do ourselves a nice catch-up. Uh, we will maybe, uh, as we were talking about, switch it up. We, we would love to get to the anatomy of the body of God at some point mm-hmm. for Achad once more, but we'll leave a break because it's time we switched gears and looked at maybe some, some more Crowley material. We could look at those chapters um, from Magic Without Tears that we just mentioned. That'd be a great idea. Uh, we could... Um, uh, I'm going to start practicing Libra Samech tomorrow. Cool. Uh, it will probably take me more than a month to get to a place where I'm comfortable talking about my experience of the ritual, but mm-hmm. we had promised each other that we would do that at some point uh, this yeah. summer, so that will hit as well. Um, and then uh, when we do come around again to Achad, which might be more than a year from now, we should look at a couple of chapters of Body of God, but also at um, the the wonderful paper that, that Crowley prepared called Master of the Temple, um, which is his first two degrees of diaries, because they're very good. Mm-hmm. That'd be excellent. Yeah. Okay, well... Thanks once again. Love is the law, love under will. Love is the law, love under will. Thanks for listening. Look for Toronto Thelema on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Watch for events in the city. And join us again in the darkly splendid abodes. Well, we have a couple things we want to address, but I think this is the type of thing, let's just roll it. We'll keep it rolling, and then if we have to edit here and there, that's fine. Okay. So, uh, rather than feeling like we have to nail, you know, actually sound like we know and like each other. <laughs>